Good, there's no point in coming. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it, today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Ein Hey in Maseches Psachim. We started a new parak yesterday, Ketzad Tzolen. How do we roast? How do we roast this carbon Pesach? We know that the carbon Pesach has to be at Sli Eish, right? The, the Pasuk says they should be at Sli Eish. Fire, roasted. Okay. That's Shmos Yudbe's Ches. And then it says Sliesh again. So it's very much an emphasis on Sliesh. That's what we learned. You know what? We have, I think we're going to make good time today. Our objective is to reach the second Mishnah in Masachas, in, in uh, Parakate Satsolin. So we're going to start with the Mishnah because we're going to be learning the second half of this Mishnah. Let's just start with the Mishnah, Anayin Dalit, Amadalif, to get that feeling of starting. And then we'll, and then we'll start, we'll resume with the two dots on Ein Hay. So the Mishnah said, Kate Satsolin and Pesach, how do you roast the Karm Pesach? Mivin, Shapud, Shel Rimon. The Gemara discussed yesterday why we use a spit of a pomegranate wood. Why does it have to be wood? Well, the idea of it being wood is that if it's metal, then it's not really fire roasted, right? It has to be, uh, flame roasted. So that's amazing. In other words, if any metal is there that's contracting, right, that, that's actually absorbing the heat and imparting the heat to the meat, so that's already not exactly fire roasted. That's how careful we are about fire roasting this carbon pesach. Fine. The Gemara asks, how could be Shabud Rishil Rimon? Ari Rabari Libowitz, the great Tafiyomi Master, discusses why it's not Baltashkis. Not for now, but that is the thing. We take this spit, and then we have it, what, vertical or horizontal, Goranowitz? The Korban Pesach. Vertical. Correct. Like a gyro, like a shawarma. A shawarma. Yeah, it's vertical. Okay. Okay, then you stick it through. It has a, lot, a little bit to do with the anatomy of the of the this shapud shel rimon that we're using. We stick it through the mouth. It comes out the back, and it's and how do we how do we line it up with the head facing down or the head facing up? Goranowitz has to face down. If you face it up, you're shechting it still. You're shechting it at the neck. If it's if the head is is up, then it's just going to drip blood all over the animal. It's going to be ridiculous. You have to have the the head down. So the blood from the shechita drains out. Okay. Then nosen v'nosen es kravis b'nei me'avlo socho. So here we have a machlokas, Rabbi Yossi Aglili and Rabbi Kiva, where Rabbi Yossi Aglili says that after you take out the insides of the animal, the kishkas, and you and you rinse it off, you put it back in the korban pesach and roast it whole that way. Whereas Rabbi Kiva, American bishul who said that that in effect turns the animal into a sort of like a pot. And, and, and so the insides are roasting, are like, kind of like pot roast. They're not being flame broiled. Flame, flame roasted, as it were. And they're not being flame roasted if they're inside the animal. They're sort of like cooking there. Therefore, Rabbi Akiva's shita is, that, and we hold like Rabbi Akiva, that's the klal and alacha. Whenever Rabbi Akiva is up against a, another das yachid, Rabbi Akiva is going to win. We, so you take out the insides, uh, and we don't, Cook the insides inside the animal, rather than the Gemara discussed yesterday. We, he wears it almost like a helmet. We put the the animal does. We take the insides and we drape it over the animal, and we flame bro, flame roast the insides of the animal as well. Okay. So, uh, I don't know about breadcrumbs. That's going to be rough for the carbon pesach. But, um, because I'll matzah smurm yachluhu, 
but it, it, there was. There was a discussion about raw meat. Did you see yesterday, Andrew? I was going to ask you. What do we call that? Ceviche. What do we call that raw? Ceviche is fish. Oh, that's fish. Carpaccio. Yeah. Carpaccio. We go through this every time. Um, that's a, that's a good question, Goranovitz. Hopefully, this year Pesach we're going to be we're going to be in one chabur, right, guys? I called it. Okay, so um, so so okay. Let's do that. The second half of the Mishnah. Because that's, that's going to spring us off. That's going to be the discussion of the Gemara today. So the second half of this Mishnah, the first Mishnah in Ketzat Solon says the following. Ain Solon is a Pesach lola shapud v'lola askala. That you can't roast the Korban Pesach on a metal spit, as we discussed, or on a grill. This is not a barbecue, right? You're not putting it on a grill. Again, because the grill is metal, it has to be exactly on the flames. But then Rabbi Tzadok Gives us a story that seems to contradict that halacha as follows. Amar Rabbi Tzadok, Ma'isa Berabban Gamliel, She'amar LaTevi Avdo. Ah, the famous Tevi Eved of Rabban Gamliel. He was an Eved Kanani that really knew halacha cold, and a lot, a lot of stories with this Tevi Avdo. So the, the Eved of Tevi, right? I think in Brachos we talked about he was Mashlum Eminyan, and there was a discussion. How could that be? Okay. A lot, he was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, so to, um, I guess you could say. Definitely knew halacha. We should all know as much Torah as Tevi Avdo. But here, Tevi Avdo did what? Rabbi Gamliel himself tells his Evid to go, what? Roast the Korban Pesach on the grill. How could that be? So it is with that story that we now resume with the two dots on the top of Ein Heim and Aleph as follows. Ainsel and Sepesach asks the Gemara, Maisa Listor, what are you doing? The Mishnah is telling us that you can't grill the carbon Pesach, right? And then we come up with the story of this Rebbe Gamliel telling his Evid Tevi to go grill the carbon Pesach. So the Gemara answers, there's something missing, obviously, in this Mishnah, and we're going to fill it in now. It says the Gemara, This is something missing, and this is what the Mishnah meant to say. It's meant to say like this, Vim Mutter. That you're not allowed to grill the carbon pesach, but if the carbon pesach, if the grill that you're using is menukeves, which means like it has holes in it, then it's permitted to roast on it. What does this mean? So that is a machlokes, Rashi, and the Rambam. See, the Gemara in Pashtus makes it sound like, well, if it's a perforated grill, so then you can grill it. That's what the Gemara, Pashtus, the Gemara, that's actually the Rambam. Rashi says, what are you talking about? How can you grill? We've just spent all of yesterday talking about how it has to be just direct contact with the flame, that you can't put it, you can't even use, the shpud can't even be made out of metal. So you can put it on a grill, that doesn't make any sense. So you have to see this Rashi, it's the third wide, last word on the, on the uh, third wide line over here. Um, third line in Rashi, Menukeves, Asuya Kivrichayim, Kein Shalanu. So we see that Rashi grilled, right? Because he says it's like Shalanu, like the grills that we used to have. On the Mishnah, by the way, you know what Rashi called this uh, Askala? On the Mishnah, Askala, grill, Belaz. Wow. So Rashi used to grill, and he used to call it grilling. Okay, so, so he says, Like our grills today and in his day. Right? So there's space between, obviously, the, the uh, grates on the grill. This is the key part here. says not like the Rambam. In other words, don't think for a minute that you're literally grilling the way we do over the metal of the grill. 
It's, the pshat is that it's hanging over a grill. What's the chiddush then? It's, if it's not touching the grill, how is this grilling? So the chiddush is, the art scroll explains, so the chiddush is that it's actually, like we don't make a gazera that, that, if, that we shouldn't do it over a grill lest we come and bring it down and just finish it off with some searing on the grill at some point in the cooking process. And we don't make that gazera. We don't mind that the fire is coming off of a grill. As, as long, it doesn't have to be just a straight up fire with nothing, with no, so to speak, mechitza or something like that, no chatzitza between it. If there's, if there's widely spaced grates, as long as the fire is the only thing that's directly con- contacting the Korn Pesach, it's okay. That's the Chiddush according to Rashi. Okay. So if that's the case, it's, it's mutter. The Amar, Rabbi Tzadok, says the Gemara, continues the Gemara. So according to this, right, explanation of the Gemara, our story is in fact, right, an illustration of the Salacha, which is that Rabbi Gamliel told his Eved to put it on such a perforated grill and to roast the Korban Pesach that way, according to Rashi, it would mean to just put it on the flames above this perforated grill. It's fine. Okay. Now, now we're going to have a discussion. We're going to have, this is why Kalman showed up, because we're going to talk about Orla. It's not Truma and it's not Tuma, but at least we're talking about Klipe Orla. And it's going to relate to the idea of using just the fire as the heat source of the Karm Pesach as follows. Says the Gemara. What's the case? This is not about Korban Pesach yet, but we're going to bring it around to Korban Pesach momentarily. You have an oven. What is the fuel of the oven? The peels of Orla fruits. We know that the peels of Orla fruits, that Orla is Asr Bechila and Asr Behana. So by virtue of being Asr Behana, right, you're not allowed to really get any Hana from it. Okay. So can you use it as fuel? No, that's Hana. To use it as fuel for something, that is going to be a Machlokas. Um, we had a machlokus earlier on Chaf Vav, I believe it was, where we discussed this already, if you, as you might recall. Yeah, it was Chaf Vav and Beis, Chaf Zayin and Aleph. The idea was like this. It was actually a machlokus whether you can use the peels of the Orla. So that was question number one. Question number two was, okay, let's say the peels are no longer in the peel form, but they've now turned into coals. Okay, so now you don't really have the peels of Orla. Now you have the coal remains of Orla. Is that still an Isra Hana? Right? That's another step removed. Now, our, the question that Rav Chinon Abar Idi asked Rav Ada Barava was a next level. It was what? Tanr Shisig Beklipa Orla? Orla Ugrafo Ve'afa Boas Apas. Here, you're not using the peels of the Orla. You're not even using the ashes of the Orla, the coals. You actually, it, you've used the peels of the Orla to heat up the oven. Then, that, those peels all got consumed and turned into coals. And then grafo, then you cleaned out the coals such that all that is left now is the heat that was generated by the orla. So, but the orla isn't there anymore. So the question is, is that still us or not? Interesting question, huh, Andrew? So I agree with you that it is. So grafo oser. So that's what mahu. So now we see what the Gemara means. When it says oser mahu, what was he asking? He was saying, uh, we had a machlokas over there in the, right, in the Gemara and Chavav and Chavzayin. The machlokas was, can you use the coals? Uh-huh. 
So the, the man, the Omar, who's Matir, who says you can use the coals, so he's, he's only going to answer it if it's actually Klipe Orla there. But according to the man, the Omar, who says that the coals of the Klipe, the, what, the, what the Klipe Orla becoming the coals, that those are Asr, so then obviously he doesn't need the Klipe Orla to be Ben, right? He doesn't need them to be extant, to be, to be actually physically present in order for it to be Asr. So if he's going to say that the coals are Asr, asks the Gemara, the Divrei Osa says that the coals are Asr, so maybe you don't need them to be there altogether. So maybe even if once the coals are removed, just the heat that they generated, once it's infused, once it's, the heat is generated, that gets infused into the bread when you bake it, and it would still be Asr to use that oven to bake that bread because of the Isr Hana on the Arla. That was the question that Rav Chidon Abba'idi asked Rav Avam. So Amalei, so if Adabar Ava responds, Hapas Mutaras. That even according, even if you hold that the coals are going to be usher to use to fuel this right baking, the actual uh, oven, the heat, that heat is going to be mutter if you did in fact remove the coals. Okay? So to that question, so to that halacha, that answer of Adabar Ava, Rav had the following question. And it brings us back to Pesach. Amalei. So Rav asks, the Amar, Rav Chinen Asaba, I, I think that that's his grandfather. Birman really wants to look into it, and he'll get back to us. Amar Rav Chinen Asaba, So now we're back to our mission as follows. Again, we said that if you in fact use just the heat that was generated from these coals, that it's not considered Orla. Right, it's not considered an iser hana. So he says, if that's true, so then why do we have the following limud? What would you say if you took? Forget about orla now. What would you say if you took some sort of heat source, let's say wood or whatever, and then it turned into coals, and you heated it up, you really fired it up, got a nice fire going, and then took away all of that stuff, and then roasted the carbon pesach in an empty oven that was so hot that that again, it's not touching metal, it's not doing anything. It's just being heated by the heat that was generated by a fire that's no longer there. So Rabbi Yochanan held that that's not sliesh, you need actual fire. But the reason he knows that, that you need an actual fire is because of a pasuk. Says the Gemara, Shanamar, what's the limit of Rabbi Yochanan? Sliesh, sliesh, de pamim. I quoted the first pasuk, right? Shemos yud beis ches. That's yud beis ches. But your base test, the very next pasuk says, menu na. You shouldn't eat it raw, right? You shouldn't eat carpaccio. I got it right, finally. Uvashel mevushel b'mayim, right? It shouldn't be boiled. Kiim sli esh. Rosher al krav al kirbo. Okay? So we say sli esh in pasuk ches, sli esh in pasuk tes. Shenemar sli esh, sli esh te pamim. You're saying sli esh twice. So to emphasize that you have to have actual fire. It can't just be a fire that was cleared away. However, says the Gemara, you have to follow the logic here. The reason why Rabbi Yochanan said you need an actual fire was only because it said Shliesh twice to emphasize it has to have actual fire. However, right? In other words, if the Torah hadn't emphasized that it needs to be an actual flame with regards to the carbon Pesach, then we would have treated a fire that was cleared out like Aish. You understand? In other words, the only reason you need such an emphasis to teach you there has to be an actual fire that says the word Sli'esh twice in the, in the, in the Chumash, 
The only reason you need that kind of emphasis is because really, in the Shkola with regards to everything else, a cleared out fire, right, a fire that generated heat and then was cleared out, is in fact considered Eish. Well, if that's so, so then why does Yochanan allow um, the Orla that would, well, not, right, why does Rav Chanina Bar Idi allow, right, a Orla that was cleared out to bake bread? Isn't the heat that was generated from the oven considered to be Aish? That's the question. Okay? So to that, Rav Adabarhava replies, so one possibility is going to give two answers here. The first possible answer is no. That once the Torah said Sliyesh twice by the Korban Pesach, it's actually teaching you a lesson that you could apply to Kol Tarakula, which is that anytime you need Aish, you, it has to be an actual flame. It has to be actual fire. That's what it means. The Torah taught it us over there by Korban Pesach. And then we learn it from there to everything else. And that's why, right, Rav Chanina had taught us that you need to have an actual flame to be chayv, or at least coals. And we're going to discuss the difference between coals and, and, and actual flames in a minute. But that's why you need at least coals to fire up this uh, bread to be considered an iser. Okay, that's possibility number one. Possibility number two is as follows. A second possible answer. Again, the answer is, if you need flame by carbon Pesach, then why do you not need flame to be chayev with the Isser of Orla? So another possibility is Hassam over there with Korban Pesach, over here means, that the reason why you need an actual flame, and of course, incidentally, we learn very important and very relevant to our mission, the idea that you do need an actual flame uh, by Korban Pesach, right? If it didn't say Tzliyesh twice, then I would have said that we only need to roast it, right, with the heat of the fire. Aish uh, here, it means that with the heat of a fire. In other words, just like we said before, that if it didn't say tzliyesh twice, we would have thought that all we need really is the heat, and we don't need the actual flame, but because it's tzliyesh twice, we realize that we need an actual flame. Right? But we still would not have compared it to the case of the Orla, because remember, don't forget, with regards to the Korban Pesach, it says Sli Eish twice, so the emphasis there is on fire, on actual flames, uh, cooking the carbon, uh, roasting the Korban Pesach. But here, when it comes to the Eitzim the of the Orla, what's the issue? The issue isn't the flame. The issue is what? Eitzim, the issue is in the actual wood, right? In the actual Orla, the Klipas of Orla. So since in the Klippus of Orla, the issue is the wood, they are no longer in the vicinity, right? They've been cleared out of the oven. So since they're not there, right? So that's, so that you would have thought actually it would not be, have the Isser, um, it would not have the Isser of the flame. In other words, it's already not there. The idea is, you know, the first answer was, right, that we learn from the carbon Pesach, that we need the flames. And since we don't have the flames by Orla, that's why um, Rav Hanina said that you're not, that you're allowed to bake the bread once you clear out the oven. The second answer is just basically saying a similar, a, a, a somewhat similar idea, but basically saying that the issue, even if you had held that the carbon Pesach is teaching you um, 
something unique to Pesach that you need the flames, you still would learn, and, and even if it's not true that it's teaching you to call it Tatar Kula, that any time it says that you need ash, you need the flames, but even if you need the heat, the issue with the Orla is not really the heat and how it's generated, but it's really using the wood, really using the klipos, and that fuel is no longer there. So if it was still in a state of coals, but still in the oven, so then you could say that it's still there, albeit in a state of coals. But once it's cleared out entirely, you still would not have made the comparison to the carbon Pesach. You still would understand that the Isser, with regards to Orla, lies within the fuel. And once the fuel is cleared out, there is no such Isser. That it was the answer. Beautiful. So now we're 22 lines down on Ein Hamed Aleph. And we're going to talk about this idea of um, the actual flames versus coals, as follows. Tana Rabbanu. We have a brisa. And the brisa says the following. Okay, so here it sounds like you're cutting it up into pieces, the carbon Pesach, and you're putting it on the coals. Um, if you just read that part and read our Mishnah, you say that's for sure not okay. So let's see. Rebbe Omer, the Allah says, Omer Ani Shazetzli Eish. That's good. Wow. That's good. What are you talking about? So the first issue of chopping it up, you have to look at Rashi. Rashi says, He's not chopping it up, God forbid. We know that the carbon Pesach has to be roasted whole. That's called incarnier. We used up way too much time last night looking up this old French word of incarnier to try, because we were so excited before that Rashi said grill. We thought incarnier maybe is like in terracotta or something. But what it really means is you're making these incisions in the meat to cook it further, but you're not, it's just, it's just to cook it faster. It's not to actually cut it up into any pieces. You're just making inci- clean incisions in it. Okay, that's what Rashi's explaining. So that part's not so problematic. But the problem that we're gonna have an issue now is you're putting it on coals. Rebbe says it's okay. The Bari Leibowitz has a whole um, explanation of Omer Ani. Happens to be, Rebbe is the only human being that says Omer Ani in all of Shas. That I did not know. You need to be Rabbi Leibowitz to know that. So anyway, so he says he's the only one who says Omer Ani. And he's also referred to as being the most modest of them all. Uh, because he had to be super modest to say Omer Ani. So, but doesn't Omer Ani sound like I say? It sounds a little bit like authoritative. So the answer is no, that you're, you're misreading it. Omer Ani, he just means, well, in my opinion, he's being actually modest. He's not saying that's a lie. It's in my opinion. I don't know. I'm, t- I'm offering my perspective. So it's a sign of modesty. Anyway, so, um, and by the way, Omer Ani only appears once in Chumash also in, in Tehillim. But that's a whole other, uh, you, have to, you have to listen to Rabbi Leibitz to hear a little vart on the context, why it, says, why it says it there in Tehillim and how it applies to Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. You needed to have modesty to put together the Mishnah because we really weren't supposed to take Tarsha Bilpeh and write it down. The only way, and that's how you know in life, this is the Goranowitz Musser moment because Goranowitz came back. Goranowitz, how do you know in life when someone's sincere and someone's not, when someone's doing it for their own covet or whether they're doing it for someone else? You know whether they're doing it, if they're doing it for the klal, so then that's total sincerity. If they don't get anything out of it and they're doing it lishma, right. then it's total sincerity. Yehuda Nasi had the modesty and the humility to do it, to write down the Torah Shebaal Peh 
Bichsav in the Mishnayis, 100% Lishma. And that is the only reason why only a selfless person would be able to do that. When it's totally Shema, so then we end up with Dafyomi and all the things that came out, all the Torah that was preserved by Rabbi Yehuda Nasi writing down the Mishnayis as he did. Okay, so that's Rabbi Yehuda Nasi if you're talking about his biography in a larger sense. But now getting back to us, what did he say with regards to this? He roasted the carbon Pesach on coals. That's incredible. Coals is the same as flame? Let's see. So Rami Rav Ach Devoy Bar Ami Chista did Rebbe really hold that Gecholim uh, are considered like fire? Right? The coals are the same as fire? But we have a, a Brisa that says the following. Michvas Eish. All right. We're in Saras world now. You know that some of the Saras start as a burn. Now, it doesn't just look like a burn and then turn either red or white. It actually needs to start with an actual burn. Michvas Eish means you get burned, and then it turns into lesion that, that, turned, that uh, turns out to be tzaras. Okay. So, and it says, Michvas Eish. It says in the Pasuk, right? Okay, fine. So it turns into a Michvas Eish. So we learn from that. What does the Bryce say? That the only way you could get this tzaras, the only way it would be called tzaras is if you get burned from an actual flame. It's not just like you, you got boiling water on your, on your arm. You, bur- you burn from an actual flame. Aha. Uh-huh. But not true. The halacha is that you can be burned from other things. So how do we know so? So that's what the Gemara asks here. So we know from Michvas Eish, the puzzle makes it sound like it has to be actual flame. But if you get burned, but the truth is, the halacha is that if you burn from hot ashes or beremets, uh, gacheles is the coal, the remets is the hot ashes, Besid Roseach, right? Boiling lime or gypsum Roseach or gypsum. Vechol davar habamina or really anything. Um, or which the Gemara is explaining when it says anything, it means like boiling water. Minayim. Where do we learn, right? That it really could be anything at all. Like boiling anything. If you get a burn, then it turns into taras. It doesn't have to be actual michvas eish, literally from fire, flames. It could be from coals and, and water and boiling water and all those things. How do you know that? So, Talmud Lomar, michve michve riba. As we just read the Pasuk, the Pasuk said the word michve twice. So, the Gemara, the Bryce is explaining that because it says michve twice, that's to teach you that it, the heat source could be from anywhere. Okay. So now the Gemara is saying, time of the Rebbe Rachmana, michve michve. The Rabbe, Rachmana, Michva, Michva. The reason why it could be any boiling source burn, that burns is because the Pasuk says Michva twice. Hello, Rabbe, Rachmana, Michva, Michva. Right? If the, if the Pasuk hadn't said it twice, then you would have just assumed that a coal is not fire, right? In other words, you needed to have a reboy of the Pasuk to teach you that a coal is like Aish. If it didn't have that Pasuk, then the only thing that you would have thought Michvas Eish could come from is a flame. So we see that the Hava Amina, so to speak, in the Pasuk, the default is that only a flame is a flame and everything else needs a rebirth from a Pasuk. So how do you understand, therefore, the Rebbe used actual coals to roast his carbon Pesach? Don't you need an actual flame? So that was the question posed to Rav Chista. So Amar Leis, Rav Chista answered, Gachel shel eitz lo itzrech kral rebuye. The gachel, right? Ki itzrech kral gachel shel matechas. Yeah, no. He said, no, when the Pasuk says Eish, it means either an actual flame or a wood-burning flame, meaning a coal produced from burning wood. That is 
the same. It's tantamount to an actual flame. The reboy from the Pasuk with respect to Tsaras comes from these metal, metal coals or somehow metal um, turning into, uh, into coals. That's what it teaches you. But wood burning is actual, it's actual flame. That's always considered actual flame. That was the response of Chista. Okay. So says the Gemara, Oh, and you think that Gechalim of Mateches are, are not? The Gemara is asking, why do you think that Gechalim of Mateches are the flame? We're going to have a riot here that maybe they are. How so? Because what happens if Chas V'Shalom, you have a Bas Kohen who... What's the case here? Why are they bringing this adult for you? Okay, so the reason they're bringing... So, so, so Geronowitz jumped the gun. He knows that we're talking about a Bas Kohen that was an adulteress. And the question is, how do... She's Chayv Sreifa, Goranowitz. So how do you, um, how do you carry out this Misas Bezdin of Sreifa? So we know, right, we have Arba Misas Bezdin him, and one of them is burning. So we assume it like the witches of Salem, right? Or like Copernicus that was burned at the stake for suggesting that the earth was round. So when you burn somebody at the stake in the movies, you stick them up, and then you have these flames all around them. But... That's not how we do it in Besden. In Besden, we take molten lead and we pour it down uh, the throat of the individual. Aha. However, the Pasuk says, right. the Pasuk doesn't say molten lead. There's an actual Pasuk that describes the Mises Besden. This is not a comfortable topic. But it says, right. it says, right. so you're imagining the witches of Salem, right? The Amar of Masna, Psila shall Avar Hayu Oisinla. Avar here means. Uh, Lead. And Rav Masna explains that this Ba'ish is molten lead. So, what does that teach you, Guarano? It's that molten metal is considered the same as actual flames. So, why do you need that, an extra pasuk to include molten coals, right? So to speak, burning metal coals. We see that, that for the sake of the Mises Basin of Srefa, it's considered actual ash. So, the Gemara says, no, you still would need to learn the Limud. Of, right, mikvah, mikvah twice to teach you that the molten, uh, metal coals are ash for the following reason. Because why? The Gemara says, shiny hasam to amakraba Because over there, the Pasuk says, for the, uh, shreifa, for the, for the Baskoin, but ash tisareif. She shall be burned by fire. Tisareif, larabos kol shreifa sabos mina ash. In other words, the word tisareif on top, uh, uh, after following the word baesh, makes it sound like it's including anything that would actually burn her. Okay, and the Gemara then says, okay, well, Okay, so then certainly Eish should be enough. So why are we, in fact, if it says why aren't we, in fact, using actual flames? To say, as the Gemara asks, Yeah, so let's, you know, like, like, Rahman al-Tzlan, right? The Asara Ruge Malchus. So one of the ways they used to do it is they just had bundles of all of these, right, uh, flammable things and then burning them at the stakes like old school. So the Gemara answers now. Asha Shreifa Shreifa Bnei Aaron. The word Shreifa applies to Bnei Aaron also, right? Bnei Aaron, they burned the Katoras. A, a heavenly fire came out through their nostrils, came in through their nostrils, burned out their insides, but their actual bodies remained intact. Says the Gemara, Ma'ala Halan Shreifa Shnashom of a Guf Kayim, just like the Bnei Aaron, their insides were burned up, but their, the rest of their bodies remain intact. Afghan streifas neshama v'guf kayim. So we have the gzeir shava. Then when you do a, uh, a misas bezin of streifa, 
you have to leave the body intact. You don't actually burn it with a big bonfire. Okay. So the Gemara asks, Okay, so why are you using molten lead? Why don't you just pour down boiling water? So the Gemara says, famously, because the principle of Nachman, the Amar of Nachman, Amar Krave, Ahavta Larecha Kamocha, that actually using molten lead instead of boiling water is an application of the concept of love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Brolo Misa Yafa. So you should have a, what? A, a more, a swifter Misa. What's going on here? So we also learned it in Sanhedrin, right? Even when you do the skila, right? You throw them off the building, as if I recall correctly. You don't want to throw them off a third, you throw them off a two-story building. You don't want to throw them off a three-story building because it's Salam Elohim. You throw them off a three-story building, it's just going to look like kompot on the ground. You don't want to throw them off a one-story building because because then he'll die slowly, so it has to be swift, so you throw him off a two-story building. So Ravari Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, points out, Everywhere in Shas where it says it's these horrible situations like like certain aspects of Gittin and certain aspects of Mises Bezdin. What kind of we think differently when we say we think of brotherly love. This is brotherly love when you're killing the person. So he explains that that maybe maybe it's the idea of Hilazakain. You know when he was asked. Um, right when we had learned already that he, he was asked to teach him Torah, so he said, "What? Whatever you don't, whatever you don't want, have to done to you. Don't do it to yourself." So obviously, love here is actually um, right culturally. It's a little bit different. We're not talking about putting your arm around somebody. It's talking about considerate and compassion. That you literally should treat somebody kamocha. Think about how you would want to be treated. And so it's a more literal idea of thinking about somebody with compassion and consideration and therefore it is built in to have a considerate uh, approach. And it's most notable when you're taking somebody who you're punishing and you're taking somebody who, you know, you could easily think, oh, well, there'll be animosity or disrespect and treating them with consideration and compassion. Really interesting, Goranowitz second Western moment because we were a little backed up. Okay. Okay. So now the Gemara asks, however, Bechime Achad, the Iker of Nachman. It's tough love. Yeah, tough love. Okay. If I have time, which I'm I'm, uh, dilly-dallying here, but hopefully if I have time, I'll tell you a a story about the yoga master in Israel and tough love. Okay, but let's see. Now that we have this idea of Rav Talarecha Kamocha, so that, and, and based off of Rav Talarecha Kamocha, we're going to pour down the molten lead for the, for the Shreifa. So, Gzair Shavalamali. So, why do we need the Bnei Aaron already? The Aaron we know, uh, had this, um, right, this fire, heavenly fire, but now we already have from Rav Talarecha Kamocha, we know the procedures without Bnei Aaron. So, the command says, no. Right? So in other words, if we didn't have the Gzair Shava, then we would have just made sure that it was a quickly burning flame and burn him at the stake um, like old school. And if we had just learned of Nachman, so right? In other words, if we only learned of Nachman, right, that you have to have a uh, then we would what? We would just have a lot of flammable things. Ki hechi detzamos be'agala. It doesn't mean that she should die in a wagon. This is hashta be'agala is man kariv, right? Be'agala, quickly. Okay. That just like, may Mashiach come be'agala is man kariv. 
uh, soon. So Kamash Malan, the Gdeir Shavu teaches you that no, you don't just use a lot of flammable things here. You actually, to, to make a f- quick flame from the outside, but you actually use something very flammable from the inside. Okay. So then the Gemara once, says, once you learn that, so why are we saying fire all together? What kind of fire are we talking about? Says the Gemara, to teach you that it has to be something that, that even though it's metal, it has to be metal, molten metal that became so hot from a flame. As opposed to what? As opposed to no hot lava treatment here, Andrew. So I apologize for that. No hot lava from the actual earth that you're going to take uh, from an from a erupting volcano, but rather it has to be lead that was molted down by a very, very hot flame. That's what H teaches you. Fine. Okay, so we're at the first wide line here. At the bottom of Ein Hei Amad Aleph as follows. The Gemara says, um, When it says Shreifa, we said that you could actually... Right, burn the right the, uh, the the misa of shreifa could be with any fire source. So does that mean that when it says ba'esh tisareif, right? Because we said tisareif before, that meant that you could use any kind of of, of shreifa source. However, that can't be true. When we have the parimonis rafim, what are these parimonis rafim? Every once in a while, right, um, we have, you bring a bull. Usually you don't bring bulls. But the Oz scroll explains very beautifully, there are three instances where you do bring a, a bull, right? The par elem dover shaltzibur, the par of the nasi, the, the par of the coin on, on Yom Kippur, uh, whose blood is, right, spread around the Kodesh HaKadashim. Those are echatas and the meat of the bull. This meat of the bull, the coin is not eating. That's burnt up. Okay. So when you bring a bull and it's burnt up, it says over there, by the bull, it says, Okay. So you have to actually burn it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right? And yet we have a Bryce that teaches you that it has to be, even though it's a Vesarafas and we had said already that Tisaref means any burning source, when it comes to burning the bulls of these three special types of Korbanos, okay, we say that it has to be Dafka flames. We're not going to use the boiling lime, etc., gypsum. So Zaira says, no. Amale Hachi Hashta? What, you're going to compare the bulls to the Shreifa of Mises Bezdin? Hasam over there when it comes to Mises Bezdin, Ksiv Vaesh, Vahazard, Tisaref. It starts off by saying flames. Then it says Tisaref, that you should burn her. Larabas kol has to do with the construction of the Pasuk. When you say H first, then you think fire, but then it says Tisaref to teach you that you can burn her with anything that's going to create that. However, right? Here, when it comes to the bull, so over there it says by the part that you should first burn it. So that you would assume maybe it could be with any kind of uh, thing that burns. And then it says Ba'esh, levasof esh. So the construction of the Pasuk has esh at the end to teach you what? Lameimra, the esh in midiachrina lo. That it has to be, in the case of the bull, actual flame. Uh, so the Gemara, however, says, okay, well, just read the rest of the Pasuk. Okay, I'm going to read the Pasuk. Here it goes. Vahosi is kol apar, this is vayikra dalad yudbeis. El michutz lamachane, el makom tahor, el shefe chadeshim, v'sarafaso ala etzim ba'esh. Good. Wait, I'm going to complete it now. Al Shefe Chadesh and Yisarev. 
<laughs> when you read the Pasuk, it does say Yisareif at the end of the Pasuk. So what are you talking about? It says the Gemara, Hasam Namik Sif of Asof. Dichsev, as we turn to Ein Heim and Beis, uh, at 6.15 a.m. Al Shefech Hadeshen Yisareif. Right, so that we just read. That it has to be, it says Yisareif at the end. So the Gemara says, no. Amri Ahu Yisareif, Mi Boi Leil Chedetanya, Yisareif Alpha Pisha Ein Sham Deshen, Yisareif Alpha Pisha Hitzis Ha'ur Berubo. That Yisareif can't be learned that, to, to teach you that you can use any fire source. That, that Yisareif is really teaching you that it, 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 it can't be, that you burn it in its place even if it's in a situation where the coals are no longer there. And also, even though the fire already has burned most of it, it doesn't mean that you don't continue to burn it. You have to continue to burn it, even though it's already mostly well done. You have to continue to burn the entire par until it's completely consumed with fire. But anyway, that's what you learn from Yisareif, and therefore you don't use Yisareif to teach you that you can use any fire source, any heat source like that. And therefore, since the word Yisareif is not available to teach you that, so it's as if the last word in the Pasuk is Eish, and therefore it has to be done by fire dafka. Okay. That was all within Rav Chista's idea that wood, right, is like f- fire itself. What am I talking about? We're going back to Rebbe. Rebbe, remember, roasted his carbon Pesach on, on coals. So that was suggestion number one. All of this discussion had to do with what Rav Chista said, that the wood coals are like fire. And then the other one was metal. And that, that got us off on this discussion of metal, uh, burnt metal and strafe, etc. However, Ravina Amar, Kroch Usnei. Let's take the two, first two ideas of the Bryce and teach it as follows. Michvas Eish in, Ainli Elish and Nichva Be'eish of Gachelis. The two ideas are the idea of, right, our Korban Pesach and back to the Tsaras. So when you talk about the Tsaras, Michvas Eish, that's when the Tsaras is actually what? Not just by flame. The Havamina, says Ravina. The Havamina was never that it would just be a Tsaras that's brought by a flame. That even in the very Havamina, it was either flame or coals of a flame, right? Right? And then the rest of it reads the same. That why, how do we know that you get saras from any burn, even if it's from all these other things like boiling lime and gypsum? Do we know that? The Michva Michva is Mirabe, right? But Ravina's pulling a fast one here. He's saying the Michva Michva is Mirabe, any kind of burn can turn into Tsaras. But the, the, the real point of Ravina here is that in the Hava Amina, it's not just that it has to be a flame broiled Tsaras. It can be either from a flame or from a coal. Once you hold it, a coal and a flame are the same. So then there's no problem with Rebbe burning his carbon Pesach, roasting his carbon Pesach, as it were, on coals. Okay. So now. Just more, more ideas with regards to Rebbe burning his carbon pesach on coals. Rava Rame Miyama Rebbe Gechalam Ikru Eish. Is it really true that Rebbe held that coals are called Eish? Very minhu. We have the following contradiction from the, what? The service on Yom Kippur. What happens with the coin Gadol? We know that the Pasuk says that he. Yeah, you have to do, right, very good. You have to do the Avodas Yom Kippur very, very fast. Right, so the pasuk says that the coin gadol is running around and he's got this gechalim, and, and and you have to you have to listen to the words. It says the coin gadol is taking right a shovel full of these of these coals from the mizbeach So he's taking what gachle esh coals from the mizbeach and he's running in there. So viriminhi gachle. So when it says Gachle Esh, these Gachle Esh of the Avodah Yom Kippur, right? 
Yachol Omamos, you might think that's smoldering coals. Smoldering means that you don't see a flame anymore. It's, it's like sizzling, but you don't see any flame. So you might have thought, well, Gachle Eish, right? Smoldering, the smoldering coals is good. No. Talmud Lomar Eish. When it says Gach, that would have just been Gachalim. But when it says Gachle Eish, it means no. That it can't be smoldering, it has to be actually flickering, actual flame there, okay? So E Eish, Yachol shall have it. So if it just said Eish, you would have thought that you could just walk in with a flame. No, that's why it says Gachle, that you need to have actual coals there. How so? Maybe mean Lochashos. Right? In other words, you're not bringing, um, right, you're not bringing Omamus, you're bringing Lochashos. You're bringing actual flickering flames. So when it says Gachle Eish, it says both coals and it says Eish. So that means that it has to have coals with a flame in them. That's basically the bottom line. But from that bottom line, you see that when it says Gachalim, without the word Eish, it means, it doesn't mean fire. So how could Rebbe use the Gachan for fire? But we'll see. The Gemara says, Kasha. We have an internal issue here. But right? you're going to say the Gachlim teaches you that it needs to be coals. Eish teaches you it needs to be fire. So says, says the Gemara, If you would have said Gachle, then I would have thought it could just be Omamus. So we see, no, that it has Eish to teach you that they have to be considered fire. And, and that would imply, when it says gachle, it, it seems to imply that just coals would be enough. Ema sefa, right? So that's why you learn later, that's why you teach, you learn later that eish teaches you it needs to be an actual flame, okay? But you need to learn gachle, right, to teach you that it should just not, it can't be just a flame. So ama, filu lachashas, lav So like we just said, it may, it seems to imply that as long as it's coals, Right, that even if the coals were what flickering with a flame, it still wouldn't be enough in the Havamina. The Amar of Sheshes Hachi Ketani and Rav Sheshes said, "No, the Brisa meant to teach you like this: Gachle Yachol Bein Omas Ben Lachashos." Then when we said coals, we thought that either smoldering or flickering would 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 be in the Havamina. Talmud Lomar Eish. That's why we learn Eish. So E Eish Yachol shall have it. Once you learn Eish, so you would have thought they could just be a flame without a source. How do you have a flame without a source? We're going to see. Talmud Lomar Gachle. Right, so you so to teach you that you have to bring the actual coals. So how case that maybe So at the end of the day, it's the question that we ask. The question is, how is the Karan Gadol going to do it? He can't use what's the Havamin? In other words, again, the Pasuk says Gachle Eish. So which is it? Is it coals or is it flame? Right. So the Havamina is that one is excludes the other. That if it's coals, it's not a flame. If it's flame, it's not coals. So Rava concludes. So first of all, Rava is saying. The Havamina in this whole discussion is that calls and Eish are mutually exclusive. And that is a problem for Rebbe who roasted the Korban Pesach on Gechalim. Kasha le Rebbe. So we're going to resolve all of this very quickly. Amar Abaye. Tarit Sachi. Abaye comes to the rescue here as follows. First of all, Gachle Yachal Omos Velochashos. Now when it says Gachle, it, it just means, you might have thought that it just means smoldering coals. And not flickering coals. If flickering coals would not be enough. Talmud Omer Eish. That Eish is coming to teach you that no, smoldering is not enough. It has to have an actual flame there. So E Eish, Yochel Ratzah Shalheves, Yavi Ratzah Gacheles Yavi. So if it just said Eish, so you might have thought that if he wants, he could bring just a flame. But if he wants, he could also bring like a flickering, uh, right? A flickering coal. Talmud Omer Gachle. Right? That you can't just bring a flame. It needs to have a flame with the Gachalim there. How ketzad mean maybe minal how ketzad how so maybe minal chashos in other words right you just bring what coals with lachashos means with flickering flames in it 
So once you bring coals with flickering flames, the bottom line is, once you do that, you are actually accomplishing everything. Okay, so I'm a Rava. You didn't think Abaya was going to give a shot with that Rava throwing at his two cents here. So five lines up from the wide. Rava says, He says, wait a minute. The Havamina was that you might, he says, Abaya, you think the Havamina is that you could either bring coals or a flame? How practically do you bring a flame without a source? Where is there ever a situation of a sourceless, right, coalless flame? So says Rava, the only case would be you have like an oil slick, right? You smear the thing with oil, then you set it on fire. So who lama le that you would never need a pasuk to teach you that it's not okay. Why? You never bring this kind of fire in front of anybody. Why? Because it, it causes excessive smoke. This is not a good, clean flame. You would never use that in front of a regular king. If a king asks you for a fire, you never use an oil slick for a flyer, for that fire. So certainly you're never going to bring that in the base of Mikdash. And so that would never be a Havamina. Therefore, the Havamina could never be a flame on its own. Right? So that whole explanation of Abaye was dependent on this idea that a flame is just a flame without a coal. A coal is just a coal without a flame. But Rava is asking, a flame without a coal is not a thing. So therefore, Rava reinterprets it as follows. No. The gachle yachal almost a little chashos. You would have thought the gachle is only talking about smoldering. So we learn H. So you would have thought that half of it could be just like a flame and half of it, it would be a coal, right? So by the time he goes into the Kosh Kadashim, it has to be entirely coal. It teaches us from the time of taking it from the coals, it has to be considered Gechalim, and that is when it's classified as fire. And that's why the Bryce agrees with Rebbe that flickering coal is classified as fire, and that's why he could use it for the Karim Pesach. Finally, Ibailu Omos Omos. It's almost spelled with an alpha, with an ayin. We had this in brachas. That we used to say that cedars can't not dim. There, in that context, amamu was with an ayin. Therefore, we know that we spell omamus with an ayin. We will continue with the Mishnah tomorrow.